Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, here we go. On a Monday. Welcome to ACC Tailgate. I'm your host, Will Dalton, a.k.a. Wilbur and Gold. Uh, here on Chris Landry Football. Hope you guys are all doing well. Hope you had a good weekend. Uh, I'm all fired up. Uh, we didn't have a show on Friday. Uh, I was feeling a little under the weather. Uh, in fact, I guess I'll just break this now. I'm pretty sure I had COVID. Uh, a very light version of it, almost to asymptomatic, uh, but enough to the point where so I'll just say this. Uh, the reason I'm pretty convinced I got tested and it came back negative, but I get tested on uh, Saturday uh, after I was kind of at the end of it, but I wanted to just be sure so I could go back out and kind of know like, all right, I came back negative. I'm good to go. Uh, it came back negative, but I'm pretty sure I had COVID earlier in the week last week because I lost my sense of taste and smell. Still don't have them back, by the way. It's actually kind of uh, miserable. Uh, you know, all symptoms are gone other than that. You know, I feel fine. You know, I'm not nasally or anything. I'm clean as a whistle. Uh, but I cannot taste or smell anything, and it absolutely sucks. Um, uh, I've heard based on all the homework I've done, because, you know, when you lose your taste and smell, you kind of should do your homework because that everything I've read and people I've talked to that have had it, that's like one of the main symptoms you get is you lose your taste and smell. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people who had, who had it and were asymptomatic and had they not lost their taste and smell, they would have never thought like, what's up, what's, what's this out of the ordinary. So, uh, but I've heard it takes about two weeks. I'm not quite at a week yet. I lost my taste on Tuesday of last week. So we're coming up on one week. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping so hard that I get my taste back by Christmas. Because I have so many different things that I'm looking forward to eating and drinking. And it's just like, I might not be able to taste any of it. So, uh, yeah, that's that's what I've been up to. So, uh but yeah, everything's good. I'm fine. Just can't taste or smell. Uh, other than that, little birdie told me that you, uh, <clears throat> you Miami fans had a little uh, bit of a rough weekend. Ah, 
I may or may not ruffle some feathers today. I, I, and again, I don't, I don't care. I ruffled some feathers or already when, you know, I, you know, basically told you guys that I thought uh, Miami was a little bit overrated. Well, actually, no, that would be false. I told you that I disagreed with people who said that Miami was underrated and under talked about because uh, I felt that they were properly rated. Maybe a touch too high, but for for the most part, properly rated for the season that they were having versus the teams that they were having it against. And, you know, yet again, and we'll get into this today. God, we've got a lot of football to get to today. Uh, they got exposed again against a ranked opponent. So uh, that's going to be fun to get into. Um, yeah. Oh, by the way, and I made sure of this from the get-go. So last time we had a sh- last episode, which wasn't Friday, it was a week ago on Monday. I didn't realize this. I know it now. I didn't know it at the time until. So I had somebody come in the comments. Uh, Spartan Barton shout out. Hopefully he'll get in here today, and we'll have some good comments with him. Uh, I didn't know this, but apparently I did the first twenty minutes of the show. Well, you know this if you listen to it. I feel bad. Podcast listeners, shout out. I feel bad for you guys. Uh, you know, just silence for the first 20 minutes of the show. Uh, yeah, so he in the comments, he was like, uh, you might be muted. And I, I saw that. I wish you guys could have seen. Maybe you did. My reaction when I saw it was just like, like it was priceless. I I got I actually made a nice little TikTok of it. It was, it was priceless, my reaction. Um and I had no idea at the time. I was like, all right, well, I've been ranting about, uh, God, what was I ranting? Oh, I was ranting about the Clemson-Virginia Tech game because I was talking about how so many little things uh, that happened in the Clemson-Virginia Tech game were just reminiscent of Virginia Tech season as a whole, a.k.a. the sprinklers coming on mid-game, Ian Book interview in the middle of a game, uh, in, in the middle of the Virginia Tech-Clemson game, and then, you know, just – Virginia Tech playing the way Virginia Tech has played all year. Uh, I thought that I ranted on that for like a good solid 15 minutes and realized that you guys heard none of it. So, uh, yeah. But you know what? You you adjust. You make adjustments. It's what you do. Um, but yeah, I made sure the mic was working today. So that's good to go. Uh, what else is going on? Um Let's see here. God, just a lot of football to get into today. I'm really excited. In fact, it's a little bit. Uh, see, and and I've talked about this on numerous occasions. You know, we haven't gotten into a lot of nitty gritty of college basketball yet, mainly because there hasn't been a ton to get to. Uh, you know, preseason games. You know, they aren't all that in a bag of chips. You know, it's just kind of like whatever. You know, the the meat. And potatoes, I guess you could say, is once we get to conference play or you know ranked ranked matchups and things like that, which we've had a few. We've had a few upsets. You know, UVA got upset by San Francisco. Virginia Tech upset Villanova. Uh, so we've had some notable ones, but not a lot. And there's just been so much football to get to uh, that really, you know, we've been more than content with football. So I'm excited that. I'm not excited. That's not the right word, but I am 
we are fortunate to be in a league where this year football crushed it. You know, ACC football was not very good last year, and this year they absolutely crushed it, which is great considering everything going on this year. Uh, and then, you know, the thing that we're known for, uh, basketball is just coming right on behind it, and so that's going to be fun as we kind of transition now from football heavy to more basketball heavy. Uh, you know, since basically the majority of the regular season is done, uh, you've got, in fact, let me pull it up here. Uh, let's see. You've really only got, as far as ACC anyway, you've really only got a couple games this week and then it's done. Uh, we're, we're supposed to have Georgia Tech Miami. That's been canceled uh, for COVID reasons, I'm sure. Uh, other than the ACC title game, Clemson Notre Dame, you've got FSU and at Wake Forest. Other than that, that's your two games uh, on Saturday, uh, December nineteenth. So, yeah, I mean we're coming we're coming down the stretch now. These bowl games are going to be fun to discuss once we get there. Uh, obviously, uh, we're not going to get into a lot of Clemson Notre Dame talk today. We're going to talk more so about you know, everything we got this weekend, which was a lot. Uh, we'll get into the Notre Dame Clemson stuff more so on Friday since that game is on Saturday. Um, so we'll, we'll get into that more. So then a few little things, uh, right off the top. So, uh, do you guys see the ACC players of the week or the Tar Heels? I should say, because that's basically what the ACC players of the week were, were the Tar Heels. Like, I let me pull this up for you. Um, you won't be able to see it, uh, but I'll 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 list it off for you here on my phone. Um, I mean it's it's right. I mean because they played that well, uh, but yeah, here you go. Let's see here. That's not it. I have to pull it up on Instagram. Let's see here. Here we go. ACC Players of the Week came out today, I believe. Quarterback, Sam Howell, Carolina. Running back, Michael Carter. Carter, Carolina. Receiver, Deami Brown, Carolina. Offensive lineman, Joshua Izudu, Carolina. Defensive lineman, Miles Fox, Wake Forest. Linebacker, Jeremiah Gemmel, or Gemmel, or whatever, UNC. Defensive back, Hamza Nasruddin, FSU. Specialist, Alex Kessman, Pitt, rookie, Jalen Mitchell, Louisville. But the majority of your ACC players of the week wore uh, the heels. Go figure. You know, don't I? I we're going to get into that game, by the way, uh, quite a bit today. The takeaways from UNC Miami. What a beatdown. I mean, good God. Uh, that You know, that's one thing um, that I, that's one thing I kind of came away with real quick about Carolina, uh, you know, they, for me personally, I wasn't sure what their identity quite was yet. Uh, because obviously we'd seen them go up against, 
you know, a lot of not so great defensive defenses this year and put up just ridiculous amounts of points. Uh, but they've just continued to do it all year. And so, you know, even though those numbers are a lot because, you know, they haven't played a lot of good defense, good solid elite defenses this year, I will say, even against Notre Dame, uh, the, the one or one of the games that they kind of got shut down a little bit, even then, like you could see, you could see the offense working. It wasn't at the inflation that it's been against these not so great defenses, but even against Notre Dame, you saw, you saw it. So I, you know, I think the identity of Carolina is, is obvious and that's it. And it said that they are an explosive offense they got an explosive quarterback in Sam Howell that can pass very well, can sc- scramble pretty well too. Uh, obviously, an incredible running game duo in Michael Brown uh, and Javante Williams. And then obviously really, really explosive receivers and Daz Newsome, De'Ami Brown, and others. Uh, defense, not so much. You know, defense is a thing that, that you know, obviously Chaz Surratt's done well at times, but that's – for me, that was one of my takeaways from Carolina this week. Is just they got a they are an explosive, you know, Golden State Warriors, Kansas City Chiefs style, just 09 Carolina Tar Heels and back, just explosive offense. Defense is where they get they got some work to do, I think, before they're really an elite team. And they're coming, they're pushing it. Um, by the way. I will give Miami props about this. I'm not going to give them props about very much today. Uh, you know, not because I'm a Carolina fan, but because I have eyes and I saw what happened. I know how I felt about Miami going into that game, and now it's just been ex- exploited and exposed that much more uh, on the football field anyway. However, we got to take a moment to recognize how disgusting those jerseys were that they wore against Carolina and a couple other, maybe one or two other games this year. Those black unis there, I got them for you. Uh, These things are just, I mean, take a look at that. And obviously our podcast listeners won't be able to uh, see these, which is why you should, you know, come to Twitch and give us a subscription, you know, all that, all that good stuff. But um, nah, man, I think they're called the Miami Knights. Uh, Miami night Jersey or something like that. But I mean, these things, and I saw some people kind of hating on them on social media, which I don't, I I don't understand. And, uh, that's not actually the helmet that, well, that's the helmet that they wore, but, uh, the helmet, the face mask, I should say that they had on those helmets was this on, on, uh, on Saturday, it was that kind of dark burnt orange that really kind of with with the black it popped really well. Uh, you're that's one thing you're gonna learn about me. I love flash and uh, color and just I, I love uniforms like this. Uh, you know, I just I love that. I don't know. I'm very uh, I'm all about pizzazz and you know being a little extra and over the top and. I mean, if you didn't know, you know, with the massive Darth Vader poster and just all the little like I'm a very I'm a very visual person. And I, I would like to think I have a good eye for, you know, just good, good taste and style. Uh, 
and those uniforms, I mean, again, like these things, they just really were really fresh. And I saw some people hating on them, which, you know, that's something about me that I've found that I'm a little bit different than most people when it comes to uniforms and new uniforms that get unveiled throughout the season. You know, whether it's, you know, it doesn't matter what sport or team or whatever. Like, I mean, the newer NFL uniforms that came out this year, like the Rams, the Falcons, the Buccaneers, the Patriots, the Browns. I don't know what it is, but people complain a lot. I mean, you and you guys know this. I mean, you you guys see it, but like people will just complain about any and everything, even down to just a uniform, a new uniform that's coming out. It's just like, like it's a uniform. Like I like I find myself so many times when. And it doesn't even have to be a new uniform. Just when something new comes out that I think it, it should be just kind of cool and fun and whatever. And you go into the comment section, like it could be a new movie, it could be a new game. You're seeing it right now with the Cyber Cyberpunk 2077 game for you gamers out there, which I don't know how many are here on this show. But if, if there are, you know what I'm talking about. Or, you know, uniforms, or whatever it is, like just people complain about everything they find something you know i'm out there saying like oh that's that's kind of cool and then i go look i'm like well are we that entitled and sport like can't we just appreciate it for a second if you don't like whatever like it's not that serious for example i found myself really really liking these jerseys and you know where i'm going with this for again for our podcast listeners these are the carolina and duke uniforms that were worn uh, at the Carolina Duke game for basketball uh, at the Dean Dome last year uh, when it was a home for Carolina. Uh, so the first matchup they had last year. Uh, these were their 100th anniversary because it was the 100th meetup uh, of Carolina Duke. And these were the uniforms that they had. And they got so much backlash. I mean, I think these things are icy, quite frankly. I mean, I think these things... Even, even the Duke one, obviously, which you can throw in the trash. But I really like these jerseys with just the logo, you know, the color with the logo on the front. And these things got a lot of backlash from people just like, eh, they're practice jerseys. I'm like, these things are icy. What are we talking about here? So, I don't know. I find myself appreciating things and, I, and people just complain, but whatever. Uh, that's that's my rant on jerseys. <laughs> whatever. Like, I... I you, you, whatever. Um, something else that happened over the since we last met. So Georgia Tech got a pretty nice win against somebody. I don't know who it was. And I'm going to show you guys this video of Josh Passner in the locker room after the game. Uh, but. That's that's all the context you need. You know, it's Josh Passner, head coach of Georgia Tech basketball, in the locker room with his team after a big win. Uh, it might have it might have been that one against Kentucky, I think. And let's just let's just uh, take a look here. <clears throat> Can't go to the gas station, so I did something different here. Okay. Okay. 
Okay. Whoa, what's that? Oh, listen, 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 listen. Whoa, man. I got a COVID ball. Okay? Yes, it's a COVID ball because we can't go to the gas station. Okay? So listen to me. Okay? So, Khalid, come up here. You're going to take the ball. Okay? Okay? And he's going to smash it, right, Tyler? You're going to smash it. Okay? You're going to smash it. Okay? You're going to smash it. Okay? You should have got These are the med ball smashes I've been working on. Okay? Okay, here we go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. I'm an airhead. You feel me? They smashed a COVID pinata in the locker room after the game. A COVID, like the, 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 the cell that, that, you know, the shape that, you know, the little spear with the spikes, that's the COVID thing. They, they made a pinata of it and smashed it after they beat Kentucky. I, I mean, I appreciate the spirit. I mean, I, that, and if you know anything about Josh Pastner uh, of Georgia Tech, that 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 is right up his alley. I mean, that dude, that dude's a character. Uh, so yeah, Georgia Tech smashed a COVID pinata. All right, cool. Uh, also, welcome back, NC State, into the college football playoff rankings. Number 23, I believe, or they were last week. Um, let's see here. I think they're still number 23. Yep, they're in the, they're in their number 23 still. Uh, yeah, shout out because you got to get, again, you know, got to be objective around here. As difficult as it might be at times to, you know, give credit where it's due. Shout out NC State. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I, I did not see this coming. Um, I, did, I, I didn't see them doing as well as they've done without uh, Devin Leary. You know, when he went down uh, in whatever game that was, I, knew, I remember it was the game before they played UNC, and it was the game after they got back into the top 25 uh, for the first time since 2018. I did not think that was going to end well because it just it just had, uh, you know, quarterback carousel written all over it. Uh, but Hockman stepped in and did pretty solid, and uh, Dave Dorn did a heck of a job coaching. And very surprised, uh, and and they're back in the college football playoff ranking at number twenty three. And I and I remember telling y'all that that they had a shot to get back in there. I mean. They had a shot. They they had the resume to do it. So uh, that actually leads me into the next thing I wanted to get into, which was, and we're going to get into this a little more in depth on a different episode, but just to kind of put the idea in your head, I wanted to give you my two most overachieving teams this year in ACC football and the two most underachieving and, quite frankly, just disappointing teams in ACC football. For the most overachieving teams, 
it's easily NC State and Boston College. Again, NC State, they lose their quarterback after they're getting on a roll. Their quarterback that got hurt's a big part of why they got on such a roll. And he goes down, and part of the thing that was the issue the year before was the quarterback carousel. You didn't know who your quarterback was going to be week to week. It looked like it was going to be that way again. And sure enough, uh, Larry got in, or excuse me, uh, Hockman got in there and did a heck of a job, and Dave Doerr did a heck of a job coaching. So NC State has to be in the conversation as one of the better surprises and more overachieving teams this year in the ACC. And then obviously a team that I've been on the bandwagon for him all year is Boston College. You know, they got a brand new head coach. They haven't been good in a little while. And they, they've they been competitive with so many good teams this year. Uh, a really not, I don't have it off the top of my head, but put up a nice, really solid record this year. Um, let's see. I'll, what's their record? I didn't even play this week. but um, Yeah, I mean, Boston College really and – I, and I remember I told this to you on the last episode – they're, I promise you, they're going to be a top 25 team next year. I would bet everything on it. Like, because my whole reasoning for this was they're better than teams that have been ranked this year. I know for a fact in the ACC, like Louisville was ranked, Pitt was ranked at one point, like, and Boston College has done better and is better than both of those teams. So, book it. Boston College will be in the top 25 at some point, probably a good portion of it next year. And they're going to have something to say about what's going on in the ACC next year. Uh, most underachieving teams. Flat out disappointments. Pitt and Louisville. Two, the two teams I just said. Uh, Pitt and Louisville. Both ranked early in the season. You know, bottom part of the top 25, but still ranked. Uh, mm, just not... Pitt unraveled, Louisville unraveled. You know, they were down at the bottom for a majority of the year, you know, with FSU, Duke, Syracuse. They were in that group when they started out ranked at the beginning of the year. Uh, you know, Pitt, I thought they were going to be a solid team this year. You know, they were fairly solid last year. Uh, and supposedly, word on the street is that they've got a more talented roster on paper this year than they had last year. And so, you know, the fact that they've put together now, I will say this, their quarterback Pickett, he he looks really good. I you know, I'm interested to see if he gets into the NFL because he's despite the way Pitts looked this year, Pickett has looked like really, really good. Uh, so I'm interested to see where he's where he's gonna end up. because uh, I do believe he's a senior. Um and really, I mean, they played the best that they've played all year towards the end of the year when he finally came back, and it was just too late at that point. But, yeah. And then Louisville. Uh, I know Louisville, you know, with Coach Satterfield, uh, this was his second year there. They were definitely a disappointment for me because I had high hopes for Louisville going into the season. Uh, you know, I had high, high hopes for him last year when they were kind of more of an underdog, but I just felt like, one, he was he's a really I think I still think he's a good coach. Uh and I I just felt like even as an underdog last year that they had 
they had the makings of something. And so I thought this year was going to be another step up for him. Uh, and it just did not turn out to be. And so that is my overachievers and underachievers. And I'll get kind of more in depth uh, on that at a, on a different episode. I just kind of wanted to put that out there. NC State and Boston College on the overachievers list and Pitt and Louisville on just the flat-out disappointments of the year. And I know what you're thinking, you know, where's Virginia Tech on the underachievers? Nope. Virginia Tech did what Virginia Tech has been doing, like like the last years, couple years, like that. There were no high hopes there. After it was clear the 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 route that they were going, like there were no high hopes there. Uh, I mean, and all don't don't talk to me about it. Talk to Virginia Tech fans; they'll tell you about it all day long. Go 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 let, go talk to them on Twitter. They will tell you flat out exactly what I'm saying. So. Uh, real quick before we get into some more, uh, some more, uh, ACC football here, got to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, American betting experts, uh, ACC tailgate and all of our other shows here on Chris Landry football, uh, we're sponsored by American betting experts. They're one of the largest licensed sports and casino vendors in the U S uh, we've teamed up with them to provide you guys a special gaming offer, all our Landry football followers, all our podcast listeners. Uh, and here's what you do. You're going to go to our website, LandryFootball.com. Click on the ad that's located in the upper right side of the page. You're going to pick among the gaming sites legal in your state, such as BetMGM, DraftKings, FanDuel, and PointsBet. You'll sign up and instantly receive an account deposit match or risk-free bet from $100 all the way to $1,000, and it is literally that simple. So we we want to thank and appreciate uh, our sponsor, American Betting Experts, and we appreciate you guys out there that get in on that offer. Uh, from them. So, after I take a nice little gulp of my water here, since I can't taste coffee, so what's the point in drinking it? Uh, UNC Miami. Let's get into it. So, you know, Carolina may have looked like they just had this dramatically good win against Miami and they did but it's not as much of an upset or I don't even know if you consider an upset because Carolina's you know I'd like to think they're an established pretty solid team by now for the most part uh they didn't do anything out of the ordinary as they hammered Miami 62 to 26 on Saturday they didn't do anything out of the ordinary they did exactly what they've been doing all year long. And that is when they play teams that aren't very good defensively, which has been most of them, uh, they put up lots and lots and lots of points. And they run and they run. And in the words of Forrest Gump, I was running. They run and they score and they put up points. That's what Carolina's done against bad defensive teams all year long. And that's what they did against Miami, another bad defensive team. As I told you already, uh, going into that game, when I ruffled some feathers, probably, I'd like to think I do, as we have a new viewer. Welcome in. Hope you're doing well. I told you guys, when everybody was like, oh, Miami's, and you know who you are, who said this, this 
oh, Miami's under talked about. They're un, you know, they're they're underrated. They're under talked about. No, they weren't. They were exactly, maybe a touch higher, but about exactly where they should have been at number ten. I told you this, and I also told you that, you know, because there was also some talk about, oh, why did Miami get no consideration for the ACC title game against Notre Dame? Why did we just throw Clemson in there? Oh, I don't know. Maybe because because they lost to Clemson quite bad, uh, forty-two to seventeen when they got the shot. Maybe, just maybe. Uh, maybe because Miami didn't play anybody that had a defense worth a damn all year long. And when they did, they absolutely got obliterated a la Clemson, a la kind of Carolina. Their defense is suspect too, but they had a good game on the defensive side of the ball and we saw what happened. So that's why Miami didn't get any consideration for the ACC title game. And that is why. No, Miami was not under-talked about and underrated, and they were just where they should have been, maybe a touch higher, but about where they should have been. And we saw it yet again against Carolina. What's Carolina done against good defensive teams all year long? Points, points, points. Run the crap out of the ball. Run, run, points, points, score, score, offense, offense. That's what they've done against bad defensive teams all year long. And Miami was no different. Um, And on that note, fun fact, every single game Carolina has played this year, except for the Notre Dame game, because Notre Dame has a good defense and played their best defense of the year when they played Carolina. You realize Carolina has averaged 46 points per game? That's all of them except for the Notre Dame game, because that's the one good defensive team that Carolina has played all year. On average, they scored 46 points. It was like 45.9, so round up 46. Uh, and against Notre Dame, they, they scored 17. I mean, Carolina, I mean, you go look at the schedules. I mean, I'm not making this stuff up. Ridiculous amounts of points. Miami was no different. They dropped 62. Uh and Michael Carter, I mean, that run game, I will say, Michael Carter, Javante Williams, I mean, that's a heck of a duo right there. I mean, they did it all year long. I mean, I, I remember specifically the first time I saw it this year uh, was against Virginia Tech where I was like, I kind of took a step back and was like, good God. Same for Deami Brown, Daz Newsome, because that was really the game that they came alive offensively like they have most of this year because uh, I remember saying that, that they needed a little more explosion because in the games prior to that Virginia Tech game early in the season, they were kind of slow to get started uh, offensively. And man, they just boom. Um, not only that, a record was set this week by Michael Carter uh, and Javante Williams. Uh, they put up, so Michael Carter had 308 rushing yards Javante Williams had 236 rushing yards, combining for 544 rushing yards between the two of them, and that is the most by any duo in college football history. Like that is how elite they played, uh, and really they've been that caliber most of the year. But they just went to another level against Miami. Um, I'll say this about Carolina, and then we're going to kind of move on a little more to Miami. Uh, Carolina, they're right there. 
I still stand by what I said that when they were ranked number five earlier in the season, when they got to their you know kind of peak of the the ranking this year, uh, they they ended up proving that they were overrated. However, Carolina is a really explosive offensive team. I mean, they put up points. They run. They are re. Doesn't matter if it's the run game. It doesn't matter if it's their receivers, Daz Newsom, Deami Brown, Sam Howell. Like it doesn't. Matter. They are really, really explosive. They've established that offensively. Uh, even against again, even against Notre Dame, it was to a little bit more suppressed level because Notre Dame is such a good team and they played so well against Carolina. But even then, you saw you saw it. You saw the the chemistry. You saw the identity of Carolina's just having a really explosive offense. Uh, if they could get their defense right next year, now obviously they're losing some players. They're losing Daz Newsom. Uh, I think they're losing Michael Carter, but for the most part, and they're going to keep adding on talent. You know, we'll get into the to the recruiting stuff as we go into the off season. Uh, and but I'm telling you, if Carolina can keep and build on what they've got off on offensively. And if they can get some type of defense going, which they have not done much of this year, they're right up in there in the conversation with Clemson and Notre Dame. I'm telling you, it is that good offensively. Like, if they could have any semblance of a good, somewhat solid defense next year, they're right in. You know, I don't, I don't know what Notre Dame's bringing back. I think Ian Book graduates. Uh, I think. And obviously, Clemson ain't going anywhere because ukulele is going to be elite. Clemson's going to be elite. That ain't going nowhere. But I'm telling you, if Carolina can get some form of a defense and build and keep going with this offense that has just been ridiculously explosive, they are right in the conversation with Clemson and Notre Dame and maybe could – I don't want to get too bold here, but maybe dethrone one of them, whoever ends up winning this year or if any of either of them wins this year, whatever happens, Carolina will be in that conversation right up in it if they can get some type of defense together. Um, With that said, now that I've put Carolina on a bit of a pedestal, we got to talk a little bit about Miami. You know, it's like I said, they got exposed again by a ranked opponent. They've played three ranked teams this year. They played Louisville first. They won like 40-something, uh, 47 to 34. So they played well. You know, Louisville was in it, obviously, and then they pulled away. Uh, they played Clemson week four, lost 42-17, got blown out of the stadium. And then obviously the other day against Carolina, lost 62-26. Three ranked opponents, only won one of them. Louisville ended up being, we saw what they ended up being this year, bottom team in the ACC. So you wonder how much credibility that even has once we saw what Louisville was going to be this year. I mean, that's all you have to do is look at Miami's schedule and who they've played this year. I got it for you right here. They they beat UAB, or UAB, 31-14, bad defense. They beat Louisville, another bad defense. One of the best, eh. Okay, defense. They beat FSU, okay? They got blown out by Clemson. Beat Pitt, all right? 
not so great team in the ACC. UVA, not so great team in the ACC. They won that one. They barely, 44-41, beat NC State. Uh, barely, 25-24, beat Virginia Tech. That ain't good. Uh, postponed against Georgia Tech. Blew out Duke, 48 nothing, And then 62-26 Carolina. Like, they haven't played... Like, the only good solid defenses they've played this year, maybe Louisville, okay. Uh, Clemson, we saw what happened there. And Carolina played very well defensively uh, when they played, and Carolina blew them out. Like, what I'm telling you is (sighs) – so many of those wins were empty calories. You know, they were bloated. Like, just – I just, yeah, Spartan Barton, get in here. How about them Tar Heels? I'm telling you, I'm telling you, get them a defense. Get them a defense, and it could get ugly. I'm telling you. Uh, Let's see what we got here. Get some comments going. Uh, Yeah, without the FSU upset, you know, UVA wasn't great either, but I think of the two, FSU was the worst, uh, in my opinion. Uh, just completely dropped the ball, literally. They weren't catching the ball that night. Um, yeah, man. Let's see what else we got here. Miami will be consistently in the top half of the conference under Diaz, but never elite. That's a fair assessment. I mean, and I don't think they're going to have De'Eric King next year, but I could. Be, I don't know if he's a senior or not. I'm actually going to look that up because um, I meant to do that before the show. Uh Let's see here. What year is Derek King? He is a senior, so he's gone, and he's been the majority of their of what carried their offense this year. Um, so yeah, I don't know what the future hold, or what next year holds for Miami, but I'm telling you, uh, as I was just going on uh, for the last couple minutes, I mean, when you look at all the teams that they played this year, like. There's a lot of like empty calorie wins there. Like, not it, it. And when they did go up against a quality elite opponent, they got blown out. Uh, you know, I, and to me personally, I think their biggest weakness this year was on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, and that's the thing, you know, against Louisville, even though they won that one, they gave up 34 points. Clemson. They gave up 42. Carolina, they gave up 62. Like, we've seen the patterns here. And even, I mean, even the teams that they they won against were putting up at least a couple of touchdowns. So, even the bad teams. Uh, I mean, NC State put up 41. Virginia Tech put up 24. Like, I'm telling you, like, I knew it. I knew. Yeah, I I'm telling you, I knew. Like I, I told, I told y'all, Miami wasn't under talked about. I told you. Uh, but anyway, um, and don't talk to me about Miami's run defense either. That run defense has been god awful. I tell you, because the games that uh, Miami's played a ranked upon, like against Clemson, Travis Etienne had a career night against. Carolina, Michael Carter, Javante Williams had literally a career night. They set an NCAA record. Like, too many penalties. Like, Miami needs to clean it up. 
you know, before they play their bowl game. I don't know what that's going to look like. Um, you know, they fell in the rankings quite a bit, so we'll see. But I will say, kudos on the uniforms. Again, here, uh, let's see here. Yeah, kudos on the uniforms. I thought these things were badass. Like y'all, y'all tell me. Like I thought these things were badass. Like that orange on the face mask, it pops, man. But and Derek King has popped a lot this year too. But the defense, not so much. God, not the run defense. I'll tell you that. So, uh, let's see here. Uh, what else we got here? Oh, so to kind of change up the pace a little bit. I did want to kind of get – I don't know if uh, you saw this. Coach K – I mean, it made news. So kind of switching over to basketball just for a little bit, and I don't have a big stake in the ground on this because I'm not educated enough. And if there's one thing I'd like to think I'm uh, good at, it's only talking about things that I know because I know if when you start talking about and trying to make claims on stuff you don't know much about, you make yourself look like an ass. And uh, we ain't trying to do that around here. So. um so Coach K came out after Duke lost a second straight uh, game. This one to Illinois, first one to Michigan State. And um, in his presser, he was basically talking about how just basically the way that trying to get the season in during COVID is being handled. You know, he was talking specifically about basketball, but in the broader picture, you could say football and basketball and just everything. Um and I, I think what really stuck out to me when he was talking, when he was saying what he had to say, the big glaring thing that stuck out to me is he said, I'm not sure who leads college basketball. Not sh- I'm not sure who leads college basketball. And that's coming from the GOAT. I'm a Carolina fan. It makes me want to vomit my mouth to say that. But Coach K is the GOAT when it comes to coaches in college basketball and maybe basketball just in general. Uh, he's the GOAT. And you're ignorant if you say otherwise because you just just look at the track record um, and just his ability to adapt every stinking year from however long he's been coaching, which is a long time. Uh, I'm not sure who leads college basketball. That's not something you want to hear. And, we, and I guess the reason that stuck out to me is because – that that was one of the things, and I remember I talked about it on the first episode of the show. That was one of the things that was kind of gl- a glaring issue uh, with getting this seat. Now we made it happen. They made it happen, but that was one. That's one of the glaring issues between the differences between college and pro is that in the pro game, there's one kind of central government. You know, the commissioner and the league office and things like that, that kind of dictates, uh, you know, what the, the plan is for everybody. College doesn't have that. It, it, it goes based on, you know, commissioner of each conference, you know, ACC might say one thing, the SEC says another, uh, it, and it just can get really messy. And it did there for a while when they were trying to figure out what the deal was. And it still remains kind of messy you know, with all these cancellations and, you know, this team wants to cancel, but this one doesn't, this conference where this team's coming from, you know, cause you know, you've got a lot of non-conference games and in, in college basketball early in the season. It's like, all right, well, this team from the ACC wants 
to do one thing and this team from this other conference wants to do something else. And it's just, it, it can get very messy when there's not one central, you know, kind of, all right, we're all going to be doing this. It, it, it gets kind of interesting um, and, and not in a good way. And that, and to hear Coach K talk about that, uh, and then obviously, you know, the commentators in the Duke-Illinois game that they had just played in, I believe one of them was Jay Billis, who's notorious for going off on the NCAA, rightfully so. I enjoy listening to it. Um, you know, he even he was like, we don't know, like, who's in charge, like, who's making, like, we don't know, like, who who's making decisions for what, like, it just... So I don't know. I kind of wanted to shed some light on that. I, again, I don't have a stake in the ground on because there's so many angles. There's so many different angles on this thing. It's like, you know, on the NCAA side of the, we all know, you know, they're looking at the money, the possible, uh, you know, legal parts of this thing of, of whatever might happen. You know, again, finance is the big one for the NCAA. And then you've got the player side of this where they're practically being treated as if they're essential workers right now, trying to get the season in and they're not getting paid for it. And then that whole issue comes up again. And it's like, they're there, you know, many of them, in fact, most of them from what I hear, aren't going to get to go home for the holidays. Um, which I know for me personally, that would be frustrating, especially during these times where stuff like that is very important to kind of, maintain your sanity in some form or another uh and you know the, the coaches side of it it's like you know they're trying to handle it the best. there's just so many angles to it which is why i i'm not going to say any like i'm not going to say nothing you know make any type of claim on anything i'm just putting light on the conversation uh it's but it but it is it's an issue the fact that you know it makes you wonder like what would an NCAA look like if there was like a one commissioner that said, all right, we're all every conference, we're all going to do it this way. You know, what would that look like? You know, would that work better or did it not? You know, I, I don't know. But the fact that Coach K said that, that he doesn't even know who's in charge, like that's not what you want to hear out of a coach that's considered, you know, the GOAT. That's not what you want to hear. So, uh, let me wrap up as we're, I've only got a few minutes left. Let me wrap up with this. So is Virginia tech like good now? Like what, what, what are they going to do? I mean, they're cause their season, I don't know if they're going to play a bowl game or not. Uh, God, I, I don't know how, <laughs> like, I don't know how they would make a bowl game. Boston college. They decided not to play in their bowl game. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, they were actually the first team to opt out of a bowl game. Uh, so Virginia Tech proved me wrong. One of the rare times that's happened this year, but they did. Uh, they beat UVA. I did not think that was going to happen. I thought UVA was going to come in with a momentum from a win last week, and I thought they were going to put a beat down on Virginia Tech, who probably just would say, all right, screw it. It's the last game. We're done. Uh, Virginia Tech decided to, you know, take a little pride and actually play well. No, Virginia Tech is not good now. They're in a mess, regardless of what happened the other day against UVA. Great, they got to win. Clap it up. Good. It doesn't change the fact that your season was a disaster. You've got a coach that now we got to decide, do we want to just bite the bullet and buy him out? Which, by the way, actually, that uh, brings that reminds me, I saw before, right before I went on air, uh, it was by uh, 24-7 Sports. They uh, reported it, so you know I don't know how accurate it is, but 
Uh, they basically said that they're moving forward with Fuente for another year. Just so you know, I didn't stutter. They're moving forward with Fuente for another year. Virginia Tech is. I bet that doesn't sound very good uh, to the Virginia Tech fans out in the audience. But that's what you're working with. You're in COVID season. Uh, it's already been a rough year as it is financially. We we can't just go around you know, buying out 10 $15 million buyouts to get somebody out of here. I think, and actually this was my intuition, and I think it's what they're going to do. I think they're going to give him one more year. <laughs> Spartan Barton says Fuente's on the rise. <sighs> I don't know about that, but I will say I think that Virginia Tech is going to do with Fuente what NC State did with Doran last year to a certain degree. They're going to give him one more shot. They're going to give him one more shot and also give themselves an opportunity to get out of COVID and get in a little better position to where if he does go out and stink it up again, which my intuition is that he will because they're losing Khalil Herbert, the motor to every good game that they've played this year. Uh, Hendon Hooker, I think, is a senior as well. I don't know what they're working. And again, we're going to get into more recruiting stuff as we move into the offseason. So we'll have more to say about that then. I don't know what Virginia Tech's bringing in, uh, but they ain't in a good spot right now, friends. They're not. And and I'll tell you this uh, you know, the fact that they're losing Khalil Herbert's a bit. And again, to this point, do you realize just. Virginia Tech ran the ball very well because when they have won, that's been their identity, a very, very elite running team. Uh, Whether that was coming from Khalil Herbert, mostly it was, or Hendon Hooker getting in the mix. And obviously we know when you've got a really elite running back and a a quarterback that can run, that becomes lethal with the uh, play action and things like that. Um, You know, Braxton Burmeister played well, 15 of 22, 212 yards, one touchdown. So, very good play out of Burmeister from the quarterback position. Hooker didn't play. Uh, But the more, the the fact of the matter is this. So, every, I I looked this up, every single game this year that Khalil Herbert ran for 100 plus yards, Virginia Tech's five and one. How does that sound, Virginia Tech fans? You're five and one in something. Like every time Khalil Herbert ran 100 plus yards, you were five and one total. And he's gone next year. So it's like, I just, I don't know. But, the, uh, you know, I'll wrap up with that. That's, that is my hunch is that they, you know, they, they, they're not going to bite the bullet and try and buy out Fuente because at this point, that's $10 million. It was $15 million. Uh, I think it came down after, as of December 10th. So now it's $10 million buyout. They ain't doing that right now. It's, it's been di- too much of a difficult year for them to try and do something like that. So I think they're going to give him one more year to figure it out and also buy themselves some time to come out of COVID uh, and that way, if he does go out and stink it up again next year, they're in a better position financially to buy him out, and then that's probably what they're going to do. So uh, that is it from Monday. I appreciate you guys tuning in. I appreciate Spartan Barton, as always, getting in on the comments. Uh, appreciate everybody that got in here live. Uh, 
Uh, thank you to our podcast listeners, everybody who's watching after this is already posted on our Twitch channel here on Chris Landry Football. Uh, special thanks to, obviously, American Betting Experts, our sponsor. Uh, Christmas is coming, people. Christmas is coming. Believe. Let's see. Let me get my handy-dandy uh, Christmas countdown out here. Ten days, three hours, 56 minutes, 35 seconds till Christmas. We keep a track on these things around here on ACC Tailgate. I mean, we ain't playing no games. Um, let's see. Spartan Barton, Auburn just put up 30 mil for Gus. I did not know that. Um, I did not know that. Yeah, I, I, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm going to be very interested to see what goes down with Fuente. Like I, like I said, I think he gets one more year, but I'm interested to see what happens. I'm interested to see what happens with a lot of the teams that didn't do so well this year. Uh, you know, I, I really thought Louisville was going to be better. You know, I thought if FSU would at least be a little better than they ended up being. I didn't think they were going to be anything special, but I thought at least they'd maybe take a little bit of a step forward. They didn't. Uh, so I'm curious to see that. Um but yeah, we'll get into we'll get into some more stuff on Friday. Uh, so yeah, that's gonna do it for a Monday here on ACC Tailgate. My name is Will Dalton, uh, your host, aka Wilbur and Gold. If you want to hit me up and reach out on social media, I'd love to get to know each and every one of you as we continue to build this community here on Chris Landry Football. And until Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern time, you have a good week. You two Virginia Tech fans, you two Miami fans, you know, hang in there, hang in there. See you Friday. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.